0: correct. If you have any questions right away, uh, we, we, we're going to want you to contact Terry and, and Megan, who are going to be in the back right after service. Uh, to, 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 Hey, Megan, can you just stand up over there? If you look over, there's, there's Megan right there. So let's give Terry and Megan a hand, right? Uh, and those things. Um, We got some other things that are playing out uh, as we go into uh, some uh, family uh, series and those particular things uh, about how some other uh, ministries are going to work and and push and prep is being made to get everything in order for that, plus the college in the fall. So there is a lot going on, amen? And uh, we want you to be aware of those things. Uh, So it's good. All the youth groups are meeting tonight, is that right? Uh, Middle school and high school and Bible memory. The last time all the youth groups were here on a Sunday afternoon, which was just a couple of weeks ago, right? Because uh, middle school meets every other week. Uh, there, were, there were just shy of 100 students here on a Sunday night. So pray for your, uh, your youth leaders and um, uh, as they continue to make this push into ministering to young kids and those things. With that being said... Um, There is a a unique ministry that Tim and Lynette have for our graduating high school seniors. And every year, uh, as a way of blessing those high school seniors, you may have remembered this over the years, after a Sunday morning service, is it April 21st this year? April 18th. Okay, April 18th. Um, uh, Every year they've done this and they're going to do it again. There's going to be a stretch limo out front. And uh, the high school seniors get to go on an afternoon of being pampered and, and uh, blessed in that way. But this year, it's grown in such a way uh, that um, all, all the kids and the leaders weren't going to fit in one whole stretched Hummer limo. And so they were wondering and trying to figure out how to get leaders and kids in the same way. And so I said, rent two! So April 18th, there are going to be two fully stretched limos out front here for our high school seniors. And... Um, uh, so, that being said, if you are the parent of a high school senior, you will need to talk to Tim and Lynette. You'll need to talk to them. Amen? Uh, so, that's going to be very, very important inside of it all. Amen? So, uh, I want you to remember those things. Couple of things. Easter's coming. Come on, somebody. Be excited about it. Easter's coming. It's our holiday. It's not even a holiday. Amen? It's our faith. Do you do you understand without the virgin birth of Christ and without the death burial and resurrection of Christ Christianity doesn't exist. Does that make sense? And so, uh, these two things are important, and this year, we, we did a sermon series at, East, um, at Christmas called Against All Odds. The first year I ever, I felt the Spirit of God say, "Say, put those two sermon series together, your Christmas series and your Easter series. And so, our Easter series this morning starts off Against All Odds. He steps in, and we're going to watch how God ties all this together. Now, that being said, on Easter Sunday morning, you know we have a sunrise service at 7 a.m., and Mr. Tyler Carpenter is going to be bringing the word. Amen? (laughs) For all you people who say, man, that's an early service. There's going to be a breakfast afterwards. Amen? And uh, for all you people who can't get up that early, we're still going to have our 10 a.m. regular service. Hello, somebody. Uh, It's going to be good. But that morning, we're also going to take up our annual Easter offering. And uh, God has blessed us over the years in this. And uh, this year, we're going to put it towards, like we did last year, paving our parking lot. Some of y'all are excited about it. Uh, It's time. Come on, somebody. We have been a good steward with limestone and rock, amen, for a long time. And it is time to put some asphalt on top of that thing. And so we're going to ask you to come and bring your very best offering that morning. Now, from now till then, I need a favor. Parking in our parking lot is horrendous. Some of you people act like it's still snow out there. And you do know how to park next to each other. Hello, somebody. So I got, I got a favor to ask of you between now and then. If you pull into the parking lot. Park next to a car that's already there. Because what we have is these gaps in between cars. Because some of y'all park on this side and that side. And we try to meet in the middle. That don't ever work out. Some of y'all this way and some of y'all that way. So uh, let's tighten up the parking lot here between now. You can park in the back. Amen. Uh, same thing inside of that. So that will help us between now and then. But, uh, you know, there's a, little bit of, there's a little bit of blessing in letting y'all struggle with these parking issues. Because we need a parking lot, amen. That's right. And uh, I hear a little bit from the uh, restaurant next door about us uh, parking in his parking lot on Sunday. And, and I tell him what they, but afterwards they got to they go eat lunch in your restaurant too. So anyway, he, he's okay with that right now. But uh, it, it's so good. So um, this, our Easter office is an incredible offering. Uh, and uh, talking to the advisory council and our eldership. We understand that push pay has been a great blessing to us at church, amen? You can just give right on your app, amen? And uh, that's made it super convenient, and we appreciate that. Um, for our Easter offering, though, we're trying to overcome the, the fee. Because we, we want every penny of that Easter offering, amen? And so, I know that some of you, when you pay your tithe, you pay that so the church doesn't have to pay that. We appreciate that, Amen? And, uh, and then the church pays the other part of whatever. It's a part of doing business. We get that too. But for our Easter offering, we're going to kind of avoid that fee. You can still give your Easter offering online if you want to. Everybody say amen. amen. It's going to be right there. Just change the thing. You can do that. Uh, but in order to try and avoid that fee a little bit, uh, maybe think about your Easter offering either in the form of cash in an envelope, so with your name on it so we know who gave it, or a check, and we'll avoid that fee just for our Easter offerings. Does that sound good to everyone? Yeah. Very good. Let's preach. That's what I came to do. I don't know what you came to do, but I I love, I love the Easter Sermon series. Caitlin Kleinsmith, last year, she built a devotion uh, every week after the Easter Sermon series. And all week long, you got to participate in keeping your mind and your thoughts in the journey of Easter. And so this year, she's doing the same thing. And so tomorrow, we will begin to post those devotions for you on the uh, church uh, Facebook page so that you can just kind of stay in the theme of Easter. And so let's, let's give Caitlin a hand for doing that. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians. I'm excited. Let's go to work. How many of y'all came to do some work? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, here's week 1. And and I told you there's a reason why I felt so many of us came under a, a satanic assault today. Because this particular sermon sets up our Easter series. And I wanted to talk to us about how Easter in and of itself, God, against all odds, steps into our life to help us overcome our past. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'm going to start with a very famous scripture. Is that all right? I don't want to give you over me too much. But watch this. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ. God was reconciling the world. Everybody say the world. To himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we're ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. God makes his appeal to a lost and dying world through his people. I want you to wrap your mind around that for a minute. So Paul says, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sakes, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the reading of the word. Bless it to the hearing of our ear and the receiving of our heart. In Jesus' name. And everyone said... Now, it goes beyond saying that, in, especially in a church setting with, a, with a, a lot of people who have been in church before. Maybe you're here this morning, maybe you're listening this morning, and you haven't spent a lot of time inside of a church and heard maybe a lot of preaching, but we want to grab a hold of this thought going into Easter that Jesus demonstrates His love for all of humanity by giving Himself on the cross, by Dying by being buried and then by resurrecting from the dead. He demonstrates his love for everyone. And because of this fact, those who are in Christ been working with some guys uh, in in a small small class, and we're just talking about, uh, especially the book of Ephesians, if you ever read the book of Ephesians, my challenge to you is to circle the words, in Christ, every time you see them in the book of Ephesians, it'll blow your mind, what it means to be in Christ, those of us who are in Christ, the Bible promises that because of what he did. Being in Christ, we reap the benefit of His sacrifice. In other words, because we are in Christ, we are new creatures. The old has passed away. And the the new has come, is what the Scripture says. All of our past mistakes, all of our past sins, all of our past uh, 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 mishaps, they've been removed... Washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say this statement to you this morning as I'm just setting up this message. All our past, all of our past, it no longer has the last word in our lives. Because of Easter, because of what God did against all odds, whatever is in your past, it no longer has the last say. It no longer has permission or authority to dictate your life here and now and tomorrow. Now, you might be sitting there this morning going, Pastor Don, you don't know what I did. No, I don't know what you did. But I know what I did. And if Jesus can wash my past away, hey, he can wash yours away too. Come on, somebody. And that gives me hope. That gives us all hope that we can give to others. That God is in the forgiving business that no matter what has happened in their life because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, against all odds, Jesus will step into your life and he will wash that as far as the east is from the west. We live as if our past has permission to define us. We live as if, as if we are, are, are controlled because of what we have done. and The heaviest part of our past begins to weigh us down. Come on, Come on somebody. Come on. We struggle to overcome our past. We struggle to believe that Jesus can actually forgive and wash that away. And so, therefore, instead of living as new creatures, you know what we do? We live in condemnation. We live in guilt and fear. We come to church and we sing about songs about chains falling off. Those are the things from our past that lock us down and keep us prisoners. Come on, somebody. But in reality, we don't live that way because we understand the weight of those chains. Tavita in the gym, he, he's got, uh, Bo and I are on this bench press program where uh, one, one day during the week we put chains on the bench press along with the weights. And, and so what that does is the higher you lift the weight, the more chain you lift. And so the higher you lift the weight, the heavier it gets as each link comes off the floor. And we felt real good about ourselves because we were getting stronger. And then Tavita says, Put two chains on now, on each side. Okay? So we got two chains on each side, and we struggled at first, but then we're feeling good about ourselves some weeks later because, man, those things are moving. And one day we show up, and has got new chains. I don't know where he got these chains, some shipping yard or something. I kid you not, and this ain't no preacher exaggeration. Each link on the chain weighs two and a half pounds. And Tavita said, PD, put this chain on. I was like, have you lost your mind? See, I, we understand the weight. Come on, and sometimes as we try to push through, the weight gets heavier and heavier because we're trying to do things in our own strength. And we just think, if I do that long enough, I'll get strong enough to live with... Y'all not helping me. And if we do manage to be strong enough to live with something, then we allow the devil to... add. I'm not saying is the devil. Well, sometimes I think he is, but. <laughs> uh, Monday 5 a.m. is coming. The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Listen to me, church. His victory over death is proof that he is king of everything or he's king of nothing. Either Jesus is king of everything or he's king of nothing. And if you want to say Jesus is king of my future, you also got to live under the fact that Jesus is king over your past. Right. Easter is what gives me and you confidence to live under the reign of Jesus' love so that we become more like him. Yeah. So as I begin this today, this journey today, against all odds, Because I I know what you want to do in your own mind and the devil helps you is to put up every excuse, every odd, everything that will keep Jesus from helping you overcome your past so that you feel like you have a legitimate excuse not to be free. But my Jesus... The resurrected one. The one that ain't in the grave no more. The one that ascended to heaven. The one who poured out his spirit. My, I don't know about your Jesus. But my Jesus is not a Jesus who's satisfied with me living in the past. My Jesus, his work on the cross cannot be controlled or Overcome by any mistake of my past. There, there are so many people that believe that their past is a hindrance to their present and their future. And let Pastor Don tell you something right now. That is the greatest hindrance to revival. And you can say what you want to, but Firm Foundation Ministry is beginning. We're on the tip of the iceberg of revival. And I'm not talking about revival in a set of, okay, we're just going to have a set number of nights where we have church service and revival for four or five days, and then revival's going to be over with. You see, I, I see revival a little bit different because I was a tent preacher for a lot of years. And my wife and I traveled around and put up a tent, and, and we did tent revival services. And so, you know, thousands come to Jesus. The Holy Ghost smells like vinyl to me. Anytime I smell vinyl, it's like, oh, there's the Shekinah. I got it. I got the glory's about to come. Let me tell you something, church. Revival comes when people's lives are being transformed. It doesn't come when we decide to have a number of services. I ain't against church seven days a week. Y'all better get ready. We just might have to go there. Let's do it. Y'all not ready? We had church under the tent three months. Seven days a week. Behind the old Greyhound bus station in Chipley, Florida. And let me tell you something. Every night, seven days a week for three months, people came and got saved. And the Holy Ghost moved. And deliverance happened. And the kingdom of God advanced. I'll never forget those nights. I ain't scared. Come on. I'm just saying to us though revival isn't going to happen in the church unless it happens in God's people. Yeah. And the biggest hindrance to revival is the fact that we allow our past to dictate to us that Jesus finished work on the cross isn't good enough to overcome what we done been through. It's a burden to bear to feel weighed down by your past. I get it. We understand this theme. Let me just put it to you in sports phrase. Uh, one of the most famous streaks of misfortune in sports history happened at the cost of a baseball team called the Boston Red Sox. In 1919, A man by the name of Harry Frazee made the stupid decision. The ultimate mistake of selling Babe Ruth to the Yankees. And there are many Red Sox fans who believed with everything that was inside of them. That they were doomed forever. Forever. Because of that decision. Who in their right mind today, knowing who Babe Ruth was, would have traded him to the Yankees? Nobody. And so we're cursed. We are doomed. It's over. And for 86 years until 2004, they bore this burden, believing they could never get past their past. Now, every person in this room right now, every person sitting right here right now, there's not a, one of us that can't look back and point to one or two decisions in our life that we've made that we are currently still living under the trouble of. I told you, I'm just that, I'm just that, I'm not that feel-good preacher, I'm that real guy. who get. I just want to be honest with you. Some of those mistakes, maybe they were honest mistakes. And, and maybe they were small enough they didn't have many consequences to them. But other, others, maybe they had some devastating life effects that last for years. Oh, I, I know. Come on, I'm preaching to me if I ain't preaching to you. We can't change our past. Not a thing you can do today about yesterday. But there's everything you can do today about tomorrow. You can tweet that. The Gospels are full of people with shady pasts. And y'all don't read your Bible like I do because they're they're a bunch of characters. Shady characters. Matthew is shady. Just shady. Come on, somebody. And yet, all of those shady people experienced a fresh start because of their interaction with Jesus. Some of y'all watch The Chosen? Come on. I love how they just kind of have Jesus just kind of look at somebody like, I know who you are. You know, Jesus walked by some of them and then he turned around and looked at them like, "I, I know, I got you. And I'm like, oh, it's over. It's so over. Right? Like. And then Jesus stopped and turned around and go, hey, you wanna change the world? Follow me. But I'm a shady person. I got you. Come on, somebody. I love how the New Testament puts this in such a way that the transforming power of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross and his triumphal resurrection puts us in a place where we can trust Jesus to be different than we were before. Where we can trust Jesus to be forgiven of something we thought we could never be forgiven for. Where we can trust Jesus to be made new and whole and put right back where he wants us to be. I love how the New Testament does that. It's the greatest of all news that against all odds, he steps into my life. He steps into your life. All of my decisions. Come on, somebody in. There was a bunch of bad ones. Hello. All those things that cause me such guilt and cause me such shame that the enemy likes to remind me of every once in a while. They're nullified in the love of Jesus Christ. Come on, how many of you have just been doing about your day and something you hadn't thought about in a long time that you thought maybe you got over. It was a foolish decision you made. It was something stupid you did. It was a horrible, devastating part of your life. And you thought you'd got past it. For years you hadn't thought about this thing. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like a baseball bat, the devil hit you side of the head. And you're like, where did that come from? And then you start to dwell on the foolishness, the mistake, how terrible. And you forget about 2 Corinthians five seventeen that if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Behold, understand, know this very thing, all things have become new. Come on, somebody, you forget about that promise. And so Paul reminds us that Jesus' life was given to rescue ours. I love that word, therefore, because see, anytime you see it in the Bible, it's there for a reason. Pay attention. Therefore, what's coming next is important. It's something you need to know, it's something you need to hold on to. Let me tell you something, church, when we're united with Jesus' love, when we are united, With Him, because of our faith in Him, we experience a transformation that makes us new in order for this newness to be a reality. Let me tell you something. The old's got to go. Because the new's got to come. And here's what I believe we need to do at Easter. We need to covet. We need to promise. We need to decide that we're going to get the stinking thinking out of the church. Out of our life. Let me, let me move you into my first point here. Out with the old and in with the new. You're like, wait a minute. That was your first point? How many points you got? Don't worry about it. Let's go. <laughs> the love of God removes all the old sin, shame, guilt, mistakes, failures from our past. It does. Against all odds. You cannot forget this phrase because the devil wants to remind you or get you convinced that there are some odds that Jesus can't overcome. But I need you to understand that against all odds, his love outpowers the hold that all the old things had in your life. But it's got to be cleaned up. Space has got to be made for the new stuff. Y'all know this fellow by the name of Chip Gaines. Chip and Joanna, they kind of weird. They love Jesus, but they do these fixer-upper shows, right? I, I, when I watch it, I just love the way Chip messes with Joanna. Like he does it on purpose. I look at my wife and I'm like, "See, I'm not the only one, right? Like, he's got a plan." But he just needs to mess with her. He's got this phrase he uses called demo day. You ever heard him use that day? Yeah, yeah, you like that. Demo day is when a remodel begins. and, and, And that's the most exciting day for Chip. Right? He loves it. He gets in there, man, about to tear something up. He loves to remove the old by force and make way for the new. You see, when God comes into our lives, He doesn't simply overlook our sinful past. Instead, He forgives it, removes it, so it doesn't have power over us anymore. See, some of y'all think the blood of Jesus just came to cover. It just came to hide your past like a new coat of paint. And after a while, you, you like me, can realize that if you don't do something with that big old stain on that wall, you can paint it with a new coat of paint. But all of a sudden, that stain begins to bleed through even that new coat of paint. No, 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 no. That's not what God's doing in our life with the blood of Jesus. Y'all not listening to me. He don't come with the blood of Jesus to paint over old sin. He comes to wash it and to clean it and to make way for something new. Yeah. Too many times in our life, we live under the power or the threat that that stain's going to show back up again, not when Jesus has applied. Yeah, yeah. When we confess, come on somebody, it's removed. When we confess, you know what we're doing, we're agreeing with God. I love that. When we live in condemnation, you know what we're doing? We're agreeing with the devil. See, when we start to live in the freedom that Jesus came to make things new, y'all got to pay attention to this, right? We go from telling lies to speaking truth. Come on. I said we go from telling lies to speaking truth. You see, the truth says, I once was blind, but now I see. The lie says, I'm still blind, but I hope to one day see. Come on, come on, somebody! Right, we go from being selfish to being a servant, to being selfless. We go from 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 to place of uh, of spreading gossip to spreading the go- gospel. Oh. We go from burning with anger because we feel like we have a right to be angry because of what happened to us. How someone violated us. Come on. To being filled with joy. Come on, somebody. See, when, when remodeling the house, we've got to remove the old rot, the pieces, and, and replace it with new and fresh material. See, if, if you don't take the old parts out, they're destined to come back and haunt you. Oh, When we try to live as a new creature while holding on to our past vices, it's going to come back to haunt you. I said, when you try to live as a new creature while holding on to past vices, it's going to frustrate your relationship with God. It's going to frustrate your relationship with everybody else around you. Because, see, you're still trying to lay claim to something God has said, I want gone. When we allow God to remove it, it starts fresh in our life and renewed in our heart and steeled within us is a desire to begin to live for God like we never lived for God before. I'm going to say this. I know that I've been called a legalist about certain things. That's okay. Because I don't see myself as a legalist. I see myself as a man of grace. But I also understand that what Jesus saved me from He don't intend for me to go back to. (laughs) That what used to make me a slave why would I hold on to that anymore? Oh! Pass it down, we got some liberties. Yeah, you have the liberty to put the handcuffs on if you want to. You have the liberty to go back to Egypt if you want to. You have the liberty, amen, to eat onions and leeks if you want to. But my Jesus set me free to eat milk and honey and to live in a promised land full of his glory. Now, I, I, I believe I'm a man of grace. And I believe once you get a revelation of grace, you'll live for God on accident more than better than you ever lived for him on purpose. Yeah. Because it's not a struggle. you ever seen these apple trees in Michigan it's just straining and shaking so hard to produce apples? You're like, why is that? Is it an earthquake? What's going on? Look at that tree. It's just vibrating. You're like, what's going on with that tree? Oh, it's going to produce apple. Look how hard it's working. It's just shaking its leaves off, trying to produce. No. It rests in the fact that it is an apple tree. Oh. And it naturally produces what it is. Come on, somebody. I just want to rest in Jesus. 103.12 <laughs> as far as the east The 10312, as far as the East is from the West. So far has He removed our transgressions from us. You see, it needs to be highlighted in every Bible. Your Bible should come with that verse highlighted. If it doesn't, the very first thing you should do is fix that problem. And highlight that verse. Put a marker in there. Put a tab right there. So every time your Bible just kind of flops open, it flops open to Psalms 103. As far as the east is from the west. Uh, so far has he removed my transgressions from me. I want to live in the fact that when the devil, the devil starts to remind me of my past, he's got to keep chasing his tail like a dog in a circle to find it. Because God has removed it from my life. Against all odds, God set me free. He came and he stepped into my life. And his death, burial, and resurrection is what is proof. It is title proof to the devil. He don't have any more control over my life. I don't have to walk around and defend my past anymore. If you're a Christian, you can be confident that you've been forgiven. You're a new creature. Your past doesn't control your present or your future. But Paul ain't done. That's what I like about Paul. He ain't never done. He's a preacher's preacher. He, he just keep preaching all night, and if you fall asleep, you just fall out the window. And then he just raise you from the dead. So don't talk to me about long-winded preachers. <laughs> Y'all just fall out in the aisle sleep. Boom. We had that happen in church in Florida, didn't we? Yeah. Sleep. Chair and all. Boom. Need that Paul's anointing here. Everybody's like, Phew. "Here we go."
1: <laughs>
0: Getting over your past ain't something you can do yourself. You done tried that? How's that working for you? That's what Second Corinthians chapter five verses eighteen through twenty talks about. How's that working for you? You cannot overcome our mistakes. We cannot make up for our mistakes by doing more good than we did bad. God has reconciled us to himself. God has already done that. God, you don't have to do that. God's already done that. Are you with me, church? Even though our sin broke our relationship with him, against all odds, he came and loved us so that his love over our sin makes us right with him. I got to move on here. Number two, God's love for us and God's love through us. Now we've been talking a lot uh, um, with some of the young guys that I've been meeting with. And Yeah, Mr. Scott, that's all right. I'll call you. We're, John, we all right. We've been talking a lot about how God is it working through the church and about confirming in our mind and understanding we are not building the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God always was, the kingdom of God is, and the kingdom of God always will be. We're building the church, and the church is the point at which the kingdom of God invades planet earth. That's why the church is important. Everybody, tell, everybody try to tell you, oh, the church isn't important. You don't need the church. Listen, God established the church to invade planet Earth. I love the church because I love the kingdom of heaven invading planet Earth. Building church is the only thing you can guarantee yourself that 100% of the time, that effort will be under satanic assault. Some of y'all just go, wow, and now I understand why church just struggles all the time. Listen, we just rhyme with Jesus. Get in. God is interested in the entire world. That might be a revelation to some people. God is interested in the entire world. And so this means that getting over our past is important. He doesn't want anyone to live a life weighed down by sinful past and shackled with shame and guilt so that they can't be used for His glory. Instead, what God does is He extends the grace of God to us and through us by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And now we become ambassadors to implore others to receive that same power to remove, forgive, and wash away their past. Let me tell you this, church. A love for God is better caught than taught. Oh, no, I'm talking to somebody right here, right now. People want to see you live it out. You ever had somebody say, you invite somebody to church, oh, I don't want to go to church with hypocrites. A bunch of hypocrites. Listen, I know where you're at. Me and you both would rather go to church with hypocrites than go to hell with them. But you know what they're saying in that statement? I really want to see the reality of God. Can you show me the reality of God? That's what they're saying. Please, I just want to see it in reality. I want to see God really be who God is. And the only, the only way I can see that is through the church. And right now, I'm struggling to see it. Come on, somebody. I I think that's not their problem. I think that's mine and your problem. I think that's something we should focus on, right? I think we can tell people all day long about being a Christian and what it's like to have our past wiped away. But people don't want a lecture. They want to see you live it out. They want to see you and go, I know what you have done been through. I know what you have done did. I was there when the popo showed up and took you to jail. Matter of fact, I was the one who wrote the bail money. I know who you, come on somebody. But now I see you sitting here like that man who was demon possessed, uh, who was out of his mind. I knew you before. And now I see you clothed and in your right mind uh, and doing good for God. Uh, That's the God I want to see in my life. Can you tell me more about that? A love for God is contagious. Y'all better hear me. People want to hear about something that means something to you. Sure they do. Listen, if I were to ask you right here in this place right now, tell me about your favorite movie. Ooh, come on. Tell me about your favorite movie. And I know, I could hear it right now. There's some some things that top the list. Tell me about it. Tell me about your favorite movie. Oh, Top Gun, come on. Highway to the danger. Come on. Put that F 15 in action. Watch the enemy go, I got you, right? I can feel it. I can feel the afterburners kick. I feel the need for speed. Come on, somebody. I got you. Mm. <laughs> you talk about this thing. I discovered a few months back, Ryan Yesh had never seen the movie Top Gun. I said, we can't be friends no more till you go home. Girl, you need some Jesus in your life. Maverick and Goose, come on. If I were to ask you about your favorite movie, that's what you would do. Sure you would. Sure, you, that's what you do. You, you want to tell me all about your favorite scene. You want to tell me all about everything that's inside of that thing. But if I were to ask you to tell me about your very last visit to the DMV, the Secretary of State in Michigan, Lord have mercy. Can't talk about it. I, I need to stay saved. We don't go there. If I were to ask you about your very last visit to the tax man, woo, no, we ain't doing that. Mm-mm. Our passion is evident in what means something to us and how it affects our life. And when a person really loves something or someone, they can't help but to tell other people about it. it just oozes out of them like something else inside of them. You know what I'm saying? Like when, when we really love God and His love truly reigns in our lives, talking about Jesus, celebrating Jesus, and sharing Jesus is just something that comes second at you. Just... I can't help myself. You, can't, you know how flow is? Y'all seen those progressive insurance commercials? And the test is not to talk about insurance and how long she can go to talk about insurance, right? I just think about that all the time, right? I'm like, man, I would live for Jesus like that. Don't talk about Jesus. Don't talk about Jesus. Don't talk about Jesus. Don't talk about Jesus. Oh, I, this is a struggle. My kids aren't right. Hey, do you know Jesus can fix all of that, you know? <laughs> Against all odds. I'm encouraging you to share how your past has been forgiven and washed away. You know what I'm saying? Here's why I love Paul. Because Paul didn't feel like he needed to hide his past in order to get people to follow him as he followed Jesus. What he did is he revealed his past so everybody could see how naughty he was. And Jesus came and changed that. And then he looks at them after telling them all kind of foolishness. I wouldn't have told nobody about that stuff. And then like some crazy person, he looks at them and says, Follow me as I follow Christ. Let people know who you are before you meet Jesus. They want it. They want to know about it. Let people know who you are when you met Jesus. And let people know how your life has been changed since you've been walking with Jesus. Oh, watch what God, against all odds, he saved me. Jesus wants to make his appeal to the world through me and you. Jesus wants to make his appeal to the world through me, and We cannot be a church that's satisfied with just surviving the Sunday morning meeting. I refuse to pastor a church like that. I can't do it! I like the Sunday morning meeting. Y'all didn't know that. But this is where we get our assignment. This is where we get our papers. Go and do. And bring somebody back. Like, Pastor Don, where are we going to put them? I work, that's God's problem. (laughs) There's some, there's, I don't know. Just open the door, send them in the park. I don't, I need you to grab a hold of this that against all odds, He's made it possible through the person of Jesus. Jesus took our sin he took our mistakes he took our brokenness he took our past shame and he nailed it to a cross and 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 he became sin for him who knew no sin so that him who knew sin could become the righteousness of god it was an act of love for him to die for us even while we were still yet sinners don't you dare ever go away from any place believing that Jesus died for you not knowing what your past was. Jesus ain't going to show up one day and go, you know about that death, burial, resurrection thing? Yeah, that was before I know what you did. Now I know what you did, negative. That is not what he did. Number three, our wrongness is replaced by God's righteousness. Oh, my. Where's my grace people at? Come on, wait, come on. I need you overhaul. Help me out. There's an incredible exchange that play, takes place at the cross of Calvary. Jesus takes on our wrong way of living, and we are given the righteousness of God. But see, a Western world idea of the sacrifice of Christ puts us looking at Jesus on the cross as if he is holding the weight of the world on his shoulders. And because of his strength, he can carry that weight. If he could carry the weight, his father would have been proud of him. Look how good he's doing. If he could carry the weight of the sin of the world, everybody would have been happy. That's not what happened. Jesus prayed in the garden. If there's any other way, let it. Because Jesus knew that when God placed the sin of the world on Jesus, that Jesus would literally become sin. And that for the first time in all of eternity, God would have to turn his back on him. And Jesus and God had never been apart. You're not going to convince me that in the garden, Jesus was praying to take the cross away. That's not good theology. Jesus knew the only way for you and I to be saved was for him to finish the work on the cross. What he was praying is, God, this ta- you, you're going to, you, when I become sin, you will have to turn away. Let that cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will. Jesus became sin on that cross, church. So much so that when God turned away because God could not be in fellowship with him for that time, the whole earth shook. Good Friday for me and you. I recently read a story about a company that made cake mix. Now, I spent over 20 years of my life in the grocery business, mainly in the meat department as a butcher. And I, I, I hate to use that word because anybody can butcher something. Uh, 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 I was a meat cutter. I have skill.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway. I read this story about this uh, cake company... And they're looking at how to increase the sales of their cake mix in grocery stores. And they came up with this idea they expected to be incredibly successful. It's going to work. What we're going to do is we're going to move the ingredient list and instructions on our box to make it incredibly simple. So all the public's got to do when they buy our cake mix is take our cake mix home and add water. Everything else is provided. That's the simple instructions. Just add water. Water. To their surprise, to the surprise of all the grocery stores who bought their product, their sales plummeted. They didn't sell anything that they had anticipated selling. And after doing some research, you know what they found? They found it wasn't that their cake mix didn't make good cake. They found that because it was so simple... People were leery of it. Yeah. That's too easy. Now, I'm not a cook. I'm a meat cutter. Yeah. A, I don't cook. My, my wife, why would... Have y'all eaten Thai food that my wife has made? Yeah. Why on earth would I try that? I'm like, sweetheart, you are the best thing this side of heaven when it comes to Thai food. I'm going to do that. i just... Take joy, come on. And I watch my wife with all these ingredients, and I'm like, there ain't no way in the world I would <laughs> remember all of that. The sales of this product bombed because it was too simple, it's too easy. And so, therefore, if it's so simple and so easy, it can't be trustworthy. So, they decided to change the ingredient and the instructions on their box. They didn't change what was in the box. They just changed the instructions. Add water and one egg. (laughs) Sales spiked because everybody who loves cake knows that it's a breakfast food. He's getting his notes now. Watch, he's going to put that back in there. Pastor Don said cake is breakfast food. <laughs> I can eat cake before I go to school. Everyone, Cake. <laughs> PD is great. He gives us a chocolate cake. There, see, I got you. Come on. Come here. Come here. I got, I got you. Get right here. Right? Like, boom. Got you. Right? <laughs>
1: huh?
0: I have found... That often, the truth that God has forgiven us of our past by his life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is, sounds too good to be true. It's too simple to trust. And many of us think that we've got to add to how we're trying to earn a priceless gift. Come on, somebody. Many of us think that we've got to add to it. Rather, we, we're we invited to simply receive the love that God has for us and allow it to reign in our lives. And listen, you are not who you were yesterday. You are somebody different. You are not who you were before you met Jesus Christ. Uh, you've been washed in His blood. And your sin has been removed as far as the east is from the west. But some of you are still living like you are condemned to hell. You are living like you are condemned to punishment and God is sitting in heaven and he's saying no, no, no don't devalue the work of my son Jesus through his death, his burial and his resurrection stand to your feet, receive this new life and walk in the freshness and newness of what I've done that's what God is calling us to do And against all odds, you will experience joy and new life and new freedom. We just came out of a marriage sermon series. Some of you married people need to let the past go. That's not pretending it wasn't horrible. Because it probably was. That's just saying, we ain't living like that no more. No, no. My past reminds me of how precious my redemption is. And it gives me joy to realize that even as naughty as I was, Jesus had a thought one day in September of 1992 under an old gospel tent. Hey, Father, you know that guy that's been causing all that trouble? I think I'm going to go down and get him tonight. I could see the Holy Ghost go. "Oh, Ew. Okay, I'm with you, but maybe I need to think about this a little bit, because you remember way he was? He likes to climb trees and shoot whatever walks under it and drag it home and eat it.
1: He, he likes to blow stuff up.
0: <laughs> you want to grow up like I did. 3,000 acres in the panhandle of Florida there wasn't a cop within 500 miles we were wild as it gets just a bunch of farm boys who would want to do a bonfire on a Friday night and have a party somebody would get the tractor and disc it up and everybody that come had to go buy a $10 couch from Goodwill goodwill Somebody I was a third degree redneck. Somebody bring the telehandler because we're gonna have to pile them couches high. I got saved. Don't do that. Don't if I if I see a flame from here, from my house over there, it's not my fault. (laughs) Holy Ghost, Jesus, you sure you want to do that? What if he lights the church on fire? (laughs) That's the point. I remember God speaking specifically that to me. Three week old Christian, you just thought the adventure was over. I did. I, I was a Christian now, I got to behave, and life is over. No more fun. No more adventure. Three weeks of Christian, I'm trying to behave. I hadn't blown anything up or set anything on fire in three weeks. Just shaking, and it wasn't a Pentecostal Holy Ghost shake. It was. And one night under that old gospel tent, a devil manifested. And I watched that preacher raise his hands and speak the name Yeshua Messiah in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on! And that devil came out of that woman. And I began to make my way to the front while everybody else was leaving. And my wife said, What, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? I was like, I'm like, I got to go. I'm about to see. I got to. My heart, I felt my heart beating in my chest again. Come on. And as I got up to the front and I saw... This woman who the devil had demons just had been cast out of her. They picked her up and they stood her in her right mind on her feet. And she began to lift her hands and praise Jesus Christ. And she began to pray out and shout the name of Jesus. I have been set free. I have been made clean. The devil is gone. And God has cleansed me and saved me. And all of a sudden the Spirit of God, three week old Christian spoke to me and said, you just thought the adventure was over. Get ready boy and hold on on out. You're not burning couches no more. You're going to chase devils. Amen. Come on. That's what God's doing in our life. Your past is as far as the east is from the west. The journey the journey of Easter is that against all odds he stepped in and and forgives our past. You should stand to your feet this morning and give God praise. You should stand to your feet right now and give God praise. There's some of you who came in there this morning, you were under attack. You were under attack just like I was because the devil knew. The devil knew that if you heard this word, you'd experience some freedom. The devil knew that if you heard this word, there'd be some chains to fall off. The devil knew that if you heard this word, you'd be set free in the name of Jesus. And so now God knows that if you will respond to him, he will come and meet you where you're at and assure to you that as far as the east is from the west, your sin is forgiven. If you're in this place this morning and you ain't saved, you're never given your heart and life to Jesus because you thought the party was going to be over if you did that. I want you to come to this altar today and receive a God who not only sets you free and forgives your past, but has a promise for your future. Come on. This third degree redneck could not have imagined what God would do from 92 to 21. And right now as I stand in this place, I only hope that I can't imagine what will happen in the next 30 years. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You've been offering futile sacrifices according to Isaiah. That's what Dustin said in worship. No more. There's no need for it. Jesus paid it all. And so Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just pray over us. In order want to give you some time that if you want to move and you want to respond to God, you can. In this place, right here, right now, God has come to assure you that your past is forgiven. That against all odds, He steps into your life to make you new. He's ripped out the old. He's not covered it over or whitewashed it, but He's replaced it with His righteousness. He's taken your unrighteousness and traded it for His righteousness. He has bestowed on us the righteousness of God. And therefore, in His presence this morning, we can lift our eyes and our head high. And we can declare, we can declare that God has set me free. I hear the sound of the chains falling. I
1: hear the sound of the chains falling. Come on church. The chains hitting the ground. That's the
0: God, that it's not a man-made fire. God, it's not a bonfire that will burn out, Lord. But God, it's a fire that you want to burn for all eternity. And God, I pray that for our churches, all the churches in our area, God. God, send revival in the form of transformed lives, Lord. Moved by your power and by your honor. God, our past... No longer will we be condemned by it. We stand in freedom. And Satan, we rebuke you right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Yeshua Messiah, we rebuke you.
1: We take the word of God.
0: Gone, mold us God Lord you're not done we're on a journey Lord We've got our hearts beating in our chest ready for a revelation of an empty tomb fresh and new fresh and new to stir us God to mission to stir us God to purpose To stir us, God, to your vision. To stir us to be the church you've called us to be. To impact the community. And to see lives changed for your glory and for your honor. Start with us, God. Revival starts in the house of God. With the people of God. And let it be contagious, God. And so, Lord, I pray as we exit these doors, we are entering the harvest field. Give us souls for our hire. God, let our gospel... Be the story. Let our good news that you changed our life be the good news on the ears of someone else. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, "Come on, get on!" It.